This one's a bop. Yeah, this goes hard. Mm. It's a banger, dude. Yeah. Shout out Future Pop. Future Pop. Banger. Apparently, I am an enjoyer of Future Pop, whatever that is. I don't know how to turn it off. It won't turn off. Uh oh. We might be doing this the entire episode. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I guess we're getting into future pop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stopped it like, I don't know, 20 seconds ago and it's still going. Uh oh. Uh, yeah. You were, you were looking at the face of a man who just got his ass kicked by a computer. Our dear friend, Uncle Cooper here. Yeah, not me, him. Our dear friend, Uncle Cooper here was uh, logging on to get on the, uh, <laughs> to get on the, on the connection here. And he got the great, uh, man, I can hardly think with this music going. He got this, uh, <laughs> he got the thing that everyone hates to get, which is, hey, we need to install updates. So took him a while to get on and then two-factor authentication kicked his ass and then he remembered he came down without his drink and his gum and so we had to give him a chance to go go get that i don't know how to stop oh it stopped well that was abrupt i kind hmm. of that's become like that's like my favorite part of doing the show now is like we get to like, like bop out to this music at the beginning and then i get to try to use my shitty little mouse to gradually drag the volume down and get it to fade out all professional like well anyways so, uh, title Unlike, today. Sorry. What did you say? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh. I was just going to interject that unlike most Zoomers, I can grow a beard. Yes. Yeah, Cooper has not been overcome by the soy. That's, That's right. Because, yeah, Cooper, Cooper is one of the exceptional Zoomers. Part of being a Zoomer is, like, being exceptional and advertising how unexceptional you are. Mm -hmm. This kind of seems to be a Zoomer thing. Yeah. Irony. Oh, meta. Pretty pretty mediocre. <laughs> Subpar. Uh, <laughs> um, so I this is this this show is gonna be kind of interesting. It's a little bit of a departure from what we've been doing lately, reading these very sober uh spiritual writings of Father Sarah from Rose, which are absolutely excellent writings. If you guys haven't listened to the live reading series we've been doing, I recommend you go back and do so. Uh, this one is probably going to be a little more, uh, I don't know, a little more entertaining, a little more fun. Um, we're going to be going through this video by this guy that Cooper introduced me to yesterday. This is, I mean, I don't necessarily want to oversell it, but I think it's kind of hard to oversell this guy. He is legitimately one of the funniest people that I've ever seen. One of the most brilliant, I don't know, artists that I've ever seen. And the it's, king of the incels himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The king of the incels himself, Gerbert Johnson. The dude's fucking name is Gerbert Johnson. <laughs> if you're if you don't know what Gerbert is, I don't know if this is where he got the name or if he just like like mistyped Herbert on his phone and it was Gerbert and he thought that was funny. But there was a little 
like I don't know Muppets kind of <laughs> of TV show in like the eighties. It was like a Christian kids show with a little Muppet guy. He's like this little orange guy named Gerbert. That that name has been the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Like my entire life, the word Gerbert just makes me laugh. And then Cooper hits me up and he's like, "Hey, you should you should see this guy. He's really funny. He makes really good like ironic Zoomer nihilist content." That's actually really good. And his name is Gerbert Johnson. And I was just like, no, this is, no, 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 no. Gerbert Johnson is the best name you could come up with for a name like this. So this guy is, it, it's kind of interesting. I will kind of use this video as like a jumping off point to see what the, uh, it, it really illustrates the Zoomer psychology. Both, there's a, there's a very, you're, we're going to say meta a lot tonight. There's this big, ironic, self-referential thing going on in the Zoomer mind. And it brings itself out in their art and their humor. Now, I am not a Zoomer. I'm kind of right on the fringe of Millennial and Gen X. That was I was born in 88, um, so I would really be squarely in Millennial, but just the way I was, up, I was brought up and the family members I had and stuff, I spent a lot of time around Gen X people and took on a lot of their worldview and their habits and everything. So Cooper is like exceptionally Zoomer. He is, he is just pure distilled Zoomer, but he's close enough to millennials that he's able to be kind of a little self-aware in his, his awareness of his own Zoomerism. Um, so I find this thing really fascinating. The relationship between the generations, the way one generation kind of sets the stage for the next and the way you get these cycles, like the fourth turning thing, you get these cycles that go through generations just because of the psychology of the person in that role and paired with the world events that happened at the time. And it seems to correspond really tightly with technological development. And But each generation has its own psychology, almost like a it would really properly in the biblical sense, it's a spirit, the spirit of that generation that really captures it, its ethos. And it's interesting that we have this kind of self-aware thing where we actually identify this. We recognize this and see this in patterns of behavior um, among particularly others. I think it's really easy to, to notice others' differences from us. And we identify, oh, there's a group of, of people that are all about the same age from the same upbringing and they all act the same way. And so then you kind of start looking back at yourself and saying, okay, this is how I act. And these are the people I'm like, but it's a, I think it's really, it's a really fruitful, I guess, territory to, to, to delve into, to, to try to come up with some interesting insights into into politics and religion and, and psychology and that sort of thing. Um, so, and I have basically the perfect co-host for this because Cooper is, is well, I guess you can't be king of the Zoomers now because Gerbert's king of the Zoomers. No, so, he's king of the incels. I'm not king an of incel. the incels. Oh, you're not an incel. Uh, okay. So if he's king, king of the, the incels. Okay. You can take, you can be the king of the Zoomers. Um, we'll change the thumbnail later. Resident Zoomer to king of the Zoomers. Um, and uh, so Cooper will help us as we kind of dive into the Zoomer brain. And on a on a serious note, which is kind of it, it kind of goes against the spirit of doing Zoomer content to to uh, like intentionally highlight the the serious part of it. But I'm not a Zoomer, so I'm not going to be held to their same standards. Um, on a on a on a serious note, I think that this is actually really useful in anticipating what the world is going to look like five, ten, fifteen, twenty. 40, 50 years from now, because if you can understand Zoomer psychology as one of Gerbert Johnson's videos, I was just watching says, these are the future doctors. 
these are the future construction workers. These are the future lawyers and, and well, maybe not lawyers. We'll see. But uh, these are the, the future businessmen. Like you're, you can look at their, at their art, look at the way that they portray themselves and you can understand what the world is going to look like. For some people, that's probably a terrifying prospect. For me, I think it's actually kind of fascinating because being, for whatever reason, I get Zoomer humor. And maybe it's because of the t- amount of time I've been on the internet or the uh, the particular circles I've run in or, or something. I don't know what it is, but I, I really get Zoomer humor and it gets me. It, it is some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. And I laugh my ass off at, about it. And I don't like it just... I don't know why. I don't know why it's so funny, but it's fascinating to me. So, um, Cooper, do you have any uh, anything you want to throw in here or get into before we start doing the video? No. All right. All right. Let's get this screen share. Make sure everything looks. See, now, why does it... I specifically said don't do that. I said do this. There. Um. All right. So... This is Gerbert Johnson. He put out this video, I think it was like a month ago, something like that, um, called The Death of the Family. Now, I'm I'm going to kind of narrate a little bit of this because uh, we have just now started up uploading the, I should I say we, Xavier has now started uploading the, uh, the podcast to the podcast audio feed. So if you are someone who doesn't usually watch stuff on YouTube or the majority of your content you listen to via podcast, you actually now can get kingpilled on your podcast feed regularly updating anytime we do an episode. So you can go to any podcatcher you want. For whatever reason, I don't know why the Apple Podcasts logo is still the old one from before. I've updated it. The update's not taking. It's pretty low on the list of priorities right now. So um, you'll still see the old one. You won't see the new fancy like uh, 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 guy that looks like me. Um, but it's still the same show. Uh, is we're repopulating with all the episodes. So I'm going to kind of, I'll narrate a little bit of the visuals and stuff in this and talk about it um, for the sake of someone who's just listening to this via audio. But I would say if you're listening to this um, via podcast, pause it, go to this. I'll put the link to this in the description. Go and watch the video first. It's something, I can't tell how big it is. Uh, 25 minutes long, totally worth it. You've got to see the visuals to get the art, but um, let's go. Can you hear it? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Disillusioned Young Man Talks About the Maladies of Postmodern Society. When a man and a woman love each other very much, what usually happens is they take off all their clothes and they go to a secluded area, often referred to as the Temple of Pork by <laughs> scholars and millions of other Americans. <laughs> wherein what happens inside is largely a mystery. My buddy uh, Raul said it's pretty crazy. But promptly thereafter, a flying squirrel will deliver them a basket on their doorstep. And inside of this basket is something called a baby, which is basically like a little guy. Um, and then right there, what you, what you have is called a family. Now, the alleged issue is... <laughs> the first time that I listened to this or watched this, the... When he says a baby who's just who's basically like a little guy, <laughs> I don't I don't understand why it makes me laugh so fucking hard, but it does. <laughs> so you, uh, I, I'm not going to narrate the, the the visuals of it. If you for you on the audio, you can go watch it. Um, the so again, let me preface this. I'm I'm going to violate the spirit of this type of art. 
and I'm going to psychoanalyze not psychoanalyze it. Totally gonna, molest it. Oh, I am going to do ungodly things to it because it's this is fascinating to me. This is so interesting to me about the way that what this reveals about the human psychology and the human condition and the generational relations to each other and all this sort of sort of stuff. So irony is in 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 uh, zoomer humor irony reigns supreme there's to to kind of psychoanalyze them a little bit they're coming of age in a world that's really really shitty they're coming <laughs> of age in a world that sucks on uh, in a lot of really the thing is that it doesn't suck in meaningful ways it sucks in meaningless ways so the, there's the most natural response to a, for for a person whose only experience of the world is this world sucks for a whole bunch of really meaningless reasons the natural response is to reject meaning just reject meaning altogether say i don't care about meaning if i don't care about meaning that it doesn't matter to me that the world is meaningless the thing is the thing about meaning is that that is a meaning meaning is one of these things that you can't reject it's 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 impossible so you can draw meaning then out of the meaninglessness of their of their art. So you've got this guy just an, another thing that there that reigns throughout Zoomer humor is parody, parodying of uh, like the uh, the people who take themselves too seriously, because this is like a core tenet of being a Zoomer, is that you can't you can't take yourself seriously, and you can't take anyone else seriously. You can't take anything seriously because it's all absurd. It doesn't mean anything. So the guy, the guy who takes something seriously becomes the butt of the joke. So the whole point of it is to see how like absurd and completely departed from reality we can get while having everybody just nod and, and join in. And so then the fun becomes being the people who are on the on the inside, the, the ones who get the in the, the in joke. How am I doing so far, Cooper? You know, I was thinking that. Zoomers should quit vaping and they should do nicotine lozenges instead. That'd be pretty Zoomer. Yeah? Why? Yeah. Well, see... I guess you, you suck on both of them. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing all... good. You're doing great. Okay. Okay. So... He... So the... In this particular case, obviously the the person he's he's stereotyping is like the really serious YouTuber who's going to sit here and have their 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 props and their their perfectly crafted backdrop and stuff like I've had in the past. This very carefully manicured backdrop, and he's going to sit here and he's taking himself really seriously. He's talking like like this is really serious. And as we go through the video, you'll see this is actually a really serious subject, and he does a really he he treats it really well. He's obviously very well read, obviously very intelligent, successful, and there's a real irony in this production value, this just choice for production value, because his lighting is perfect. His camera is phenomenal. He's obviously got a nice camera. He's got multiple camera angles. I don't know whether that's he has two different cameras set up or he films all of it with one angle and then he goes and does the other angle. In either case, that's a significant investment in this production. But the but then there's so there's this big investment in this production. But it sucks. <laughs> to make it suck. Yeah. Like he's doing a foot cam. He has a second camera angle that shows his bare feet. You're gonna see more coming up. 
it's it's this mind num like why would you invest so much time and effort into making something so shitty? <laughs> and that's what makes it so good. It's, it's so good because he invested so much time into this targeted making making these things shitty. And what's fascinating to me with this, I guess I'm blowing, I'm just going through it all right here, right now. What's fascinating to me about this is how incredibly meaningful it is for them to do these really meaningless things. This is what they the generation is finding meaning in. They're finding meaning in uniting around the rejection of meaning. We'll continue. Is that this whole process is happening a lot less. Marriage rates are falling, birth rates are falling, and people will go through this whole process, the temple of pork and all, and then not stay together afterwards. And I mean, I totally understand. I can hardly live with myself, let alone some dumbass bitch. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> but the real question to ask... You get the, the shot of the feet and then a stock photo. <laughs> That's the other thing. He's got like a green screen set up beside him. So he's obviously gone to the trouble to set all of that up to put like random, only tangentially associated. He's like doing word association games kind of with the pictures that get put up there. But You're, they don't really associate. They don't mean anything. They don't associate no. to what he's talking about at all. No, well, like he says, Temple of Pork, and he shows a picture of a pig wearing a top hat. So it's like pork and pork, but these things are like completely had nothing else to do with each other. Why would you show a picture of a pig and a top hat when you say Temple of Pork? And Temple of Pork, you're, you're, it's like you're doing this kind of scholarly style presentation, but you're saying things like you know, Temple of Pork or some dumbass bitch. And <laughs> the whole thing is just so absurd. It's just completely absurd. And the whole thing is bait. Like the idea with something like this is to try to find the straight man who's going to come in and take you seriously. Vosh. Like Vosh. Apparently, apparently Cooper was watching a video of Vosh critiquing one of this guy's videos as if this video, his video was serious. The great thing about these videos is they're not serious, which is, which shows you just how serious they are. Because like he's, he treats a lot of he really heavy subjects. He's talking about heavy, dark stuff because this is a heavy, dark generation. And, But he's doing it in this completely absurdist, meaningless way, which actually provides so much meaning because his target audience identifies with it so much. And they're like, there, yes, you get me. You see the world the way I see it. You got anything, Coop? Oh, keep going. All right to ask here is why is this happening and also like is this even really a bad thing or is this just an antiquated oppressive system that we're happy okay. to be read of as a uh, anthropologist and a graduate from the university of Pe phoenix <laughs> i seek to answer these questions but first let me establish that the institution of the family is objectively failing people are getting married later if at all and then when they do get married, they get divorced most of the time. Nobody's having kids. When's the last time you saw a pregnant lady walking around? And if anyone would notice that they're gone, it would be me because whenever I see them, I really I like to chase them around and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's happening. The population pyramid is completely inverting. Like you know, let's say hypothetically, if I was into minors, you know, in this hypothetical world where I'm really interested in seeing minors. 
the I would be in a pretty bad situation. But anyways, let me take you through chronologically why this is happening. All right, so there's a there's a for the audio people that says industrialization. He's going to start breaking this up into eras. Um, oh, there was something I was going to say. Uh, it had to do with uh, in group with this being like an in group signaling. Uh, oh, I lost the thought. Um, oh, there was something in there that triggered a good one, but I don't remember what it was. We'll continue. Long before TikTok or electric cars or the beloved ASMR mommy dommy girlfriend snuggles her good boy, when children used to frolic the fields and pick berries from the vibrant bushes, the pre-industrial era. In this era, people lived in extended families. Both parents, lots of siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, all lived in the same community and oftentimes even under the same roof. In this system, both parents stayed at home because generally work and home were the same thing. It was the agricultural economy. And this was the system for most of history. And I don't want to make it out like this was perfect or anything. You know, every once in a while, some dudes would... So now this I have to I have to say for the for the uh, the audio people listening via audio at uh, the three minute mark you'll just want to go see what he's doing you, this is something that's just for the for the visual people you'll want to go see what what he's doing on the on the screen here it's really I'm um, very the <clears throat> so one of the things with this uh, I guess the 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 Zoomer rebellion against um, meaning is so the product, I guess we'll talk about the product of it, like where it came from. And you can kind of, you can get this. I'm, I'm basically just repeating the thoughts that are in the fourth turning when it describes the relationship of the boomers to Gen X, Gen X to millennials, millennials to Gen Z. And you can kind of, you can look at the, the economic realities that, well, I guess the things that were economic realities as those generations were born, the conditions they were born into and the conditions they came of age into. Because those are, I, it's undeniable that these things have a big imprint, leave a big imprint on who you are as a person, the way you see the world. So the boomers come out of the, uh, the post-war, immediate post-war era is when they're born primarily. And which means that when they were coming of age, First of all, they're born in a, in a time where there's great, uh, uh, a lot of energy has built up in the society because they just went through this big war. They just came out They're They see themselves as the winners of it. Everyone's rejoicing and celebrating and there's a big economic boom and we're ushered into a new era and then we're going to go to the moon. And there's all kinds of, of, of collective, communal, patriotic, nationalistic spirit. And... So they come of age in that era where really like everything was at your fingertips with the, the economic boom. We can get into why there was an economic boom and that we're now paying the price for that. But at the time, they were just experiencing the fruits of this economic boom. So to them, the world is full of possibilities. This is where you get all the the um, the, the stories of, of people who worked part time during the summer to pay their way through college and they got their medical degree and then they bought a property for 150 grand in L.A. and now you know, 40 years later, it's worth 10 million. And, you know, he was a doctor his whole life. Like in a very real way, these people benefited from 
like super abnormal distorted prosperity more than basically any other generation in history. They came of age in probably the most artificially the most prosperous era in history. And then pulled the ladder up with them. Yes. They built in, they built all of these systems that were designed to institutionalize them at the top and incentivize their own kind of people to succeed. Regardless of the actual circumstances, the economic circumstances, political, etc. So, were you about to say something? I was just breathing. Okay. Um, so that's that's the boomers. So they they end up they come of age in you know with the hippies and the Beatles and um, time of great opportunity and lots of energy, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have the the seventies and eighties, and there's a time of more economic instability, recession, stagflation. Times are starting to get a little more rough, and you've had all of these boomers who grew up with like stable, wholesome families. They, their parents retired and had lots of money, and they left them money when they died, and they're they're very well off. Their kids grew up with parents who were workaholics. For the first time, he's going to get into this here in a little bit, but for the, for the first time, you have the parents. Uh, you have both parents working because as he's going to talk to talk about in a minute here, you have women who leave the home and start working. So you have both parents working. So Gen X becomes the latchkey generation. These are the latchkey kids who would go to school. They're going to these schools that were great. Their, their parents built them, but now they're kind of a couple decades on and they're starting to get a little more run down. They're not as quite as good. And the culture is starting to get a little more degenerate for a, a whole variety of reasons. So they grew up in a time, instead of a time of lots of energy and optimism and every graph go up forever, they're growing up in a time of more, kind of more turmoil. And uh, they find themselves left alone a lot more often and just kind of have to fend for themselves. So that generation, instead of being characterized by this kind of whimsy and naivete and, um, and idealism of the boomers, Gen X is more rebellious um, anti-authoritarian, uh, independent, maybe free spirit kind of. You'll see a lot of overlap, I think, between the Zoomers and Gen X. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that, I think, is that the the uh, Gen X primarily are the parents of the Zoomers. So the the Boomers kids are primarily the end of Gen X and into Millennials. Most Millennials' parents are Boomers. Some millennials' parents, like mine, are Gen X. But then a lot of the Gen X generation, their kids, they were, you know, if you think of Gen X as being approximately 70 to 85-ish, then uh, for, for when they were born, that means a lot of their kids were born in the mid to late 90s, as you're also getting people having kids later and later. So Gen X, most of them, their kids are the Zoomers. So the generation that was basically trained to just kind of cut your kid loose and like give them some money and give them whatever and just let them go and protect what's yours. Cause that's the boomer identity is we, we worked for, we worked for ours. We want ours. You better make sure we get ours. We'll give you some too, but you better make sure we get ours. And if it comes down to it, we're going to get ours and you're not going to get anything. That's like the characteristic ethos of the boomers. Their kids were raised that way. 
So they kind of naturally have raised their kids the same way. I so find now that. the Zoomers, last thought here, the Zoomers are kind of like the, um, they're like the abandoned grandchildren of the boomers. And I think there, you kind of get like uh, two extremes when it comes to like the Zoomers and their parents. Their parents were either like kind of, yeah, yeah, gone, like not around. You kind of mm-hmm. have that. You have that again. Or you have like helicopter parents. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have like the people who reacted to their parents never being around by doing the complete opposite, which is just hovering over their kids. Right. Or, or, or you have the ones who just kind of followed suit. It's kind of like the, I think every generation is narcissistic and they just manifest themselves in different ways. So I'm not saying boomers are characterized by their narcissism, but boomers are characterized by their narcissism. And it's like that narcissism uh, can be expressed in two ways, either by complete self-obsession and I don't care about you at all, or the other extreme would be total obsession with you and controlling every single thing you do. So it's like, that's how the, the boomers narcissism manifested it split kind of into those two those two yeah, categories my, my parents i kind of like a i'm a weird as uh the the horoscope chicks would would say i'm a cusp <laughs> insofar as you date a lot of horoscope chicks don't do that <laughs> um my parents were boomers they were at the tail end of being boomers and then i'm at the very beginning of of, of Gen Z. So I like skip mm. two generations. I have older parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, uh, so it's funny. I'm like eight years older than you, I think. And my parents are, I think both of my parents are younger than both of your parents. Oh yeah. Uh, my dad is 54 and oh, yeah. my mom is 51. I think my dad um, is 70. And, <laughs> My mom, she was born 62 or 64. My mm. mom and stepdad both. So, yeah, they're in their 60s. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so you've got the... I think what the Zoomers are becoming is in large part, they're kind of in this... I don't know what the term is for here, but there's like they're, they're in this tension sort of with the Boomers. And I think that's not a mistake. It's not... I think... This is kind of like the like a subconscious understanding coming out in having those words rhyme like they do, because I think the the, the Zoomers did we maybe a dialectic, dialectic kind of yeah yeah maybe the Zoomer Boomer dialectic. Oh, that's it's sort we of, could pontificate about. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Let's put that on the list. Xavier, put that on the list. Um, because you you have the the zoomers are sort of working out the demons that were given to them by their parents as a product of the boomers. Now obviously we're we're you could go back and you could find reasons why the boomers are trapped in dialectic tension with an like I'm sure that that exists. But for our purposes, the boomer generation is essentially the I, there's not a whole lot of reason to go back beyond that right now because those are basically the the oldest people still alive. You've got some beyond them, but the boomers are getting to where, and especially over the next 20 years or so, the boomers are all going to die off. And that means that that whole psyche is going to disappear. That whole psyche is going to be taken out of the equation. And the oh, old man. people, the old people psyche is now going to be the Gen X people. So old people are going to have the spirit of the anti-authoritarian, rebellious, um, uh, kind of 
feels rock. abandoned and resents their parents. Punk rock kind of of uh, aesthetic. Like those are going to be the people that are now retirees. And that's going to completely alter the way that the, it's not going to be instant, obviously, because it's not like all of them are going to die at the same time, but it's over the course of like 10 years, probably you're going to see a big die off and it's going to change the, the collective psyche of the, of the nation in a big way. So understanding the boomer psyche and why it's there and understanding the effect it's had on the zoomer psyche, I think is one of the most important things you can do to prepare yourself for what the world is going to look like when that happens. To answer the question of this fellow here in the chat, Dr. Crispy Rothschild. That's a good name, dude. That is a good name. He says, these are just marketing terms invented by advertising agencies. Am I right? Yeah, probably. But we need something to talk about tonight. So we're going to use them. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the fact that they're marketing terms invented by advertising agencies is actually like a, a, a verification of their validity. Because successful advertising agencies have to deeply understand human psychology in order to be successful. So if they're inventing marketing terms, it's because those marketing terms are very applicable to the subject. They, they've captured that spirit. The people who understand like human psychology and the human spirit the best are sales and marketing experts, because that's the only way that they're going to be successful is by doing that. So they've made their life the study of the human mind and the decision-making and behavior and relationships. Um, so the fact that they- Hey, Buck is here. Hey, Buck. What's up, Buck? Yeah. Yeah, Bucks people are going to be running shit. Yeah, everything's um, going to fall apart. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> long live we're King <laughs> Buck. <laughs> well, just wait until we get to where the Zoomers are the retirees. Think of think of what what it's going to be like like fifty years from now when you're approaching retirement age, and I guess fifty years from now. Who knows what the retirement age is going to be 50 years from now, but think about how different the psychology of the of 80 years from now when I'm 120 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Get my tax write off. <laughs> yeah. I don't think social security is going to be around by then. Um, really? Yeah. No, Damn, that sucks. I was really hoping for that for yeah, my retirement. You, yeah. Yeah. You've saved up for a long time. Haven't you? No, I paid into social security for all of, uh, uh, like eight years. I, I need to get what's coming to me. <laughs> Isn't that just like that? Actually, that's the social security issue is maybe the best issue you could study to understand the boomer psychology because the, the boomers collectively now, of course, disclaimer, obviously there's specific boomers who are different. And don't think this way, but we're talking about the ethos of the entire group. They're like, I paid into my social security. I better get the money that's coming to me. And you're like, okay, yeah, but by demanding that, you're making a massive draw on the entire economic system that it that, that it can't be sustained and it's going to crash the whole system down on top of itself. And they're like, yeah, and they be dead. Yeah, and they'll very they and they know that like I'm paying into this and I'm never going to see that. They know that. Mm -hmm. They don't care. They know fully. They know full. I'm not saying every single one of them, but enough of them know full well exactly what's happening. That this is literally just them siphoning money away from younger generations. It's basically like, um, uh, what would you call it? Like, uh, it's it's the extended family being enforced on the nuclear family. It's it's a, it's like a it's like a state mandated extended family. They're forcing you to to sustain them and pay for them through your work. Um, by state decree. 
Yeah, instead um, of being like good parents, you know, who earn right. the love and endearment from their children. Right, right. So their kids want to take care of them, you know, right. on the family farm or whatever. No, right. we're gonna make we're gonna make sure you take care of us. Uh-huh. And what's funny is that they were the ones like like the boomers were the ones who grew up with the with the parents who were like who had survived the the uh, 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 Great Depression and World War II, so their parents were all very dutiful and and uh, scrimped and saved and very good with money and were very family oriented. Like that was the whole psychology of the previous generation, and the boomers are like were given the whole world, and then they're like, "Hey, I earned this." That's the whole, that's the whole psychology that it, it, it plays out in memes because people just identify that dynamic out there. They just say, oh, this is how the world is out there. Well, this is how boomers in particular are. This is a particular facet of the boomer psychology. The like, I earned this and you can't take it away. I don't care how good it would be for everybody else. Um, Xavier says, ironic, the boomers have a pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality, but expect us to pay for their retirement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so can you imagine then how as someone growing up into this world where this is the psychology of your grandparents ostensibly then the, the like this this is part of where you get the zoomer psychology of all right well fuck it nothing matters. Like I'm going to sit here what was the meme that you shared the other day about the uh um the teacher who was talking about the the 9-year-olds Oh, I'll pull it up right now. This was this is like <laughs> the, what we're starting to see is the generation immediately after the Zoomers, like and they're dude, they're Zoomers on steroids. Yes, they're like yeah. What did I say earlier? Turbo Zoomers. These yeah. are like the, this is the the generation coming after the Zoomers is not more sober minded than the Zoomers. <laughs> they're <laughs> <laughs> they're even better. Ahead, you have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah written by a teacher. I witnessed the most fascinating thing today, in my opinion. My fourth grade art class were talking while they did their work, and one of them was like, quote, if you work hard all your life, dot, 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 it means nothing, end quote. And the response was to all crack up and start running with this bit like, <laughs> quote, you work all your life on an oil painting. The mayor comes in. He says, I didn't even ask you to do that painting. They kept going, giving examples of nothing mattering and laughing hysterically. They're nine. Like, we think our humor is depressing or whatever. How are they going to be? <laughs> yeah that captures it mm -hmm. and what what i see like i i guess this is part of being like for whatever reason like i, I really get the the zoomer humor and I, I can sort of stand aside from it and i can see the people like boomers in particular there's it's oil and water trying to get a boomer to understand the perspective of a zoomer is, is impossible. Yeah. I spent yesterday, all of yesterday. Well, okay. Not all of yesterday. I spent like an hour reading articles by like boomers and fucking gen X fucking, well, probably millennials, probably millennials at this point. Uh, all this, who are the spinsters writing for all the major media outlets these days? They're probably millennials in any event. Um, they were like dissecting and trying to explain zoomer humor for like a boomer <laughs> audience. And it's, there's very few things that make me so angry that I consider like poisoning the drinking water of a remote Chinese village. That was one of them. <laughs> like they would have some schizo zoomer meme and then try to explain why it's funny. <laughs> like 
you're and the then joke get really concerned about it yeah you are the joke <laughs> oh man what was the uh what was the other one the cornflake one <clears throat> mm -hmm. like uh this here i don't know if this will show up on the if i can get it on the screen so this meme here hopefully it's not reversed it just says cornflake with this big cornflake spelled funny with this big weird slender man looking dude like eating cornflakes with a gigantic hand holding a spoon it is completely absurd it, there's no point to it whatsoever <laughs> and i, I spent for like a collective like 20 minutes, minutes yesterday laughing about that meme yeah. cooper and i started talking to each other and just talking to each other about the meme we couldn't stop laughing we're like why is this so funny it I, I don't I don't understand why, but for whatever reason, it's like when you hit the 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 fringe of of anti-meaning, it's like you come back around on meaning somehow. Like like running away from meaning is just taking you toward meaning. Um so yeah, okay, so that was the the generation that the, the big thing I wanted to talk about was the dynamic from boomers to zoomers and the way that, that I think is kind of mediated by Gen X. Um, and then the, uh, the millennials are, are a subject that's kind of been beaten to death. Everyone is very aware of the millennials. Um, and I think, I think the role that the millennials are, we might do another episode where we could talk about millennials and the, I think what's, what'll be interesting is the relationship between the millennials and the next generation, skipping the zoomers. Um, mm. but random username, that's a really good point here. Boomers like social security because it allows them to walk away from taking care of their parents and forces their kids to take care of their grandparents. Mm. That's a really good point. That is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just offloading of responsibility. And again, I'll make the disclaimer. There is like, obviously there's plenty of great boomers who are not like this. What we're saying is this is what characterizes the entirety of that generation. Trump 2024. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the, the, I wanted to, to talk about that, about that relationship between those generations and, and the way that the, the, the boomers have kind of set the Zoomers up and they're, the way they're tra trapped in this, I guess, is kind of a dialectical tension um, because then... Uh, I don't know if we'll actually get through the whole video, but we'll kind of give you guys the gist of it. Um, and you can go watch it yourself. I absolutely, I have no idea how I've never seen this guy before. He's got like 300,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's been around forever. He's in all like the same circles that I follow. Uh -oh. And, and the chat he, is turning on us. Uh oh, what are they saying? I don't know, guys. The vast, vast majority of your ideas about the generational breakdown are perpetuated by fake stats and demoralizing Kazarian propaganda. I think that that is, I don't know if that's serious or not. It's slow boy whiteboard. I've seen him around a lot. I don't know if that's serious or if it's uh, if he's memeing. Um, the USA is so different region to region contains so many cultures. It's impossible to generalize. Well, we're going to um, generalize because that's what we do. Yeah, here. right. <laughs> we just make sure. Um, what's the foot cam about? All right, Dr. Crispy Rothschild. Here we go. We'll continue with the foot cam. <clears throat> would roll through your village starts throwing javelins at all the bitches and having their way with your women and you know killing all killing everybody which wasn't very chill 
But then a young fella named Philip Industry created something called the Industrial Revolution and everything changed. In the new industrial economy, the extended family was a lot less viable and we transitioned into the nuclear family unit instead, which fit the needs of industrialization a lot more. In the nuclear family unit, the husband goes to work because men are the stronger laborers, and the wife stays home and is the homemaker. They take care of the kids. <laughs> the nuclear family unit worked well, but because it's not like our biological standard, it's not how we've lived for most of human history, uh, it's a little bit more fragile and it requires certain conditions for it to work well. As you will see, these conditions are no longer being met now. And in some ways the extended family is ideal, but generally now people are a lot more spread apart. If you can get everybody in the same place, great. But the nuclear family is what we need to make work. And the nuclear family did survive and seemed to work for a long time. It peaked between 19... I just realized we're only four minutes into this video. So yeah, we're definitely not going to get all the way through it. Um, but uh, the, this is something here that he said that I think, uh, I think this is a really interesting point. I've never thought about it this way before. Um, Cause I once upon a time I was, I was on like team nuclear family and I was like, how could you be against the nuclear family? And then I realized that a lot of the people who were against the nuclear family were actually advocating the, like the extended family or the tribe, the tribal structure. And I realized, oh yeah, tribal structure, that's even better. I grew up basically part of a tribe. I was a huge extended family, had like 75 people who all lived within an hour or so of each other. And so that's how I grew up. And I, I can, I can vouch. Yes, that is, that is the way you want to do it. You do not want to be far removed from your whole family. It sucks. Dude. But yeah, the nuclear family is just like the vestiges. That's like what's left. Uh-huh. Of the right. you know, traditional family structure. Right. I grew right. up the complete opposite. Like I had my parents, my siblings, my grandparents. I to this day I don't know any of my cousins. I don't know really any of my aunts and uncles beyond like my parents' siblings. Um and they all live we all live in the same town. We all live within like 30 minutes of here. I don't know if any of them. I have one cousin that I know and that I keep up with. Hmm. Complete opposite. It's interesting. And I think that your experience is probably, um, it's not uncommon among Zoomers. I think the people in your age bracket are, a lot of them have had that experience. They're just not, they're people are, there's a whole variety of reasons for it. There's the, you know, pro proliferation of, of, uh, an ease of travel means of travel and people moving different places for jobs or being able to move. I mean, we're almost kind of become, over the last 20 years, we're kind of like prisoners of our prosperity that we got used to this world where, you know, the money was flowing and everything was great. And you could kind of pick up and move here, pick up and move there. But then gradually things are starting to get to where it's a lot harder to make a living and people are struggling more. It's not easy. So people get isolated get well, and trapped out in a location. At this point, my grandparents have passed away. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I said, my parents are in their 60s and 70s. Once they're gone, it's literally me and my siblings. That's it. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody else. Hmm. And these are these are problems. Like this is what he's talking about in this video. Is like these are problems that you can't you can't solve these problems quickly. Like you can't just spin up a family. You know, you, you can't just you know in, invent 
like siblings and cousins and stuff that are the same age. If you're, if previous generations aren't having kids or those kids aren't staying together, then as this dispersal happens, you're getting more and more isolated people. And it's not a problem that you can solve quickly or overnight. Now, fortunately you can get your own extended family. You can become part of, you can become part of a tribe, an extended family that you can sign up for um, in the form of a church. That's part of the role of the church is that for people who are are orphaned to be able to have the church as their family. That's one of the roles that the body of Christ serves. Um, but uh, I don't remember what got us off on that. Um, uh, oh. oh, you're talking about uh, your family oh, um, not knowing. Oh, oh, your... oh <clears throat> yeah. So when he, when he, the first time I listened through this and he said, he said, basically like once upon a time, it was like the tribal structure and they became the nuclear structure. And then the nuclear structure has fallen apart. And, but he was like, basically we need to make the nuclear structure work. My, my instinct to that was, nah, we don't really, I mean, it like we could just, we, we, what we need is we need the tribal structure. But as I thought about this a little more, I think this is actually an interesting point that he's making that in order to arrive back at the tribal structure, I think you have to go back through the nuclear family. You have to be able to make the nuclear family work in order to make the tribal structure work. Yeah. Someone's got to make the kids. Right. Right. And, and then not just that, but to have a stable, secure hierarchy, you have that stable, secure hierarchy has to be started with a man, with a patriarch. And that patriarch has to have a wife who loves him and supports him. They have to, you have to have that, um, that dynamic in order to grow the tribe. So um, I thought this was a, that was an interesting point that he made kind of indirectly that, that sort of caught me off guard because I was thinking I kind of knew, you know, basically what he was saying. And then he said that my, at first I was like, nah, I don't, you know, I, I disagree with him. But then I thought about it more and I realized actually he's right that. You no, know, Matt, um, these family structures, this is all antiquated. It's time to transcend and become, <laughs> uh, hyper individualists right like brian johnson yeah yeah we could we should all become like gay vampires that's what we should. <laughs> all right we'll continue this 1945 and 1965 in america which was the golden age of marriage where 95 percent of people got married big money bitch hey grandma you see it's going it's no secret that we have a lot of economic problems today in the Western world. And while we might have high like GDP or whatever, this is awfully misleading. A man used to go to work and with his one wage be able to provide for himself and a whole family and buy and own a house. This was true whether it was an office setting, hard labor, or even a service job. But now men with these types of careers have a hard time supporting just themselves a lot of times, which is oftentimes what's happening now due to the stats I talked about before. Guys are working just to go home and support themselves, which is kind of like, what's the point anymore? This is because the, the only real reason. This is like a. Yeah, this is this is this is super real. Because like in my case, so I'm a married guy with three young kids and my wife stays home with the children and ostensibly on paper i don't know maybe 10 years ago i'm making a really good wage and i can barely afford to make rent most months 
Mm. That's a, yeah, that's a reality that, especially in the, the career that you have, that's a, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bad, it's a bad omen for the future that, that this is starting to become a reality. And it's a very real, there, there's this dynamic between the, the, the boomers and the zoomers. And this is actually, this is something that, <clears throat> Uh, someone tweeted this at me and I should have pulled it up. I, I forgot. Someone tweeted something really interesting to me the other day. Um, I said, what was it? So people were doing this thing on, on Twitter where they were um, going around doing the uh, like post a picture of you when you were 19. And now this is actually, this is, this is an example of zoomer. Uh, not, not humor and a sort of humor, but this is the, like the zoomer view of things. So once upon a time, Facebook was a thing and everybody would post their stuff on Facebook. All of us have a history of having posted. I mean, if you're over, I don't know, 30, uh, you've had an experience. You, you had, you were, you had the time where you used Facebook to like post pictures of your meal and like post pictures of yourself and you'd go upload all your selfies and you'd go out with friends and do something. And then you'd post all your pictures and some people still use it that way, but using it that way has become characteristic of a boomer. This is like the boomer grandma that like uploads all of her pictures on her, on her, her Facebook profile. And is like, that's kind of like the, like the grandma's territory. And then you've got like the, the, the boomer grandpas. There's all these stereotypes of, of how Facebook is used that have become like memes throughout the society. One of those things, like the, like post a picture of yourself doing yada, yada. This is kind of a callback to that era where people would like fill out little surveys about themselves, like all the different places I've gone and things I've done. And, and, which was sort of oh, like the social media Facebook quizzes. Do you remember? Yeah. Those? The, yeah. 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 The quizzes, the relationship quizzes and like you and your significant other fill this thing out. Like we, all of us did this stuff. This <laughs> and was, this is you, what Muppet character you are. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when, when social media first became a thing, this is, this is what people did, but the people who were using social media kind of the younger people moved out of that. And the old people kept doing it because it's kind of like the, it's like the chain mail stuff with email before social media was a thing. We all had the grandparents, maybe still have the grandparents who would forward you like the inspiring message supporting George Bush or whatever. And <laughs> so there's this, this thing was going on, 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 on Twitter. And I was like, you know, I actually kind of like this. This is sort of, it reminds me of, it's just like simple kind of naive humor or not even humor, but just kind of like a little thing we're all going to do together. Let's post pictures of ourselves when we're 19 and laugh at them. And I was like, this is like a callback kind of to like a, like a past time. It just kind of felt, I felt kind of nostalgic for the era. And I was trying to think of well, when, when did that era die? Like when did social media, the, the, the tenor and the, the dynamic of social media change? And because if social media is like the Times square of, of our, uh, I guess like the, our, our, it's like the public town square um, is what social media has become. So as that thing changes in shape and, and, and tenor and dynamic, then that's reshaping our minds. So I want to understand why this is. And I realized, I think that the time when things really shifted was probably, uh, 2014 ish. And I found out, I went and looked this up. The two big events, there was actually three big events that stuck out in my mind prior to Trump. And that was, uh, uh, Trayvon Martin, the Ferguson riots and Gamergate. And it turns out, so the Trayvon Martin thing was in 2012. The Ferguson riots and Gamergate both started in August of 2014. 
That seems somehow significant to me. But that kind of laid the groundwork for for Trump and uh, Twitter and, and, and 4chan and all the stuff that really, really took off and came into the public consciousness around that time. Um, what somebody pointed out to me on Twitter was that Obama, the arrival of Obama on the scene was the thing that, and, and that, that, uh, that cycle really his second, um, term in office was what really brought the boomers onto social media. Cause if you remember, if you go back to, I don't know, 2003 to 2011 ish, something like that. It was kind of a thing that like old people weren't on social media at all. There was no, your, your grandma wasn't on social on Facebook. She didn't know how to use it. You know, you know, they, you were had, we all had to, about it. they were scared about like compromising their credit card information and the internet was a scary place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they needed their kids to like teach them how to get on the internet. But then yeah. you have the, the great, um, uh, a beautiful articulate black man, um, who's elected president and all the boomers are falling all over themselves to hop online and start talking about how great um, they think it is that we have a black president and this world is changing and I'm so happy about it and yada, yada, yada. And I remember as a kid telling my mom that if she ever got a Facebook, I wouldn't be friends with her. And she got really sad about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was trying to preserve something good. Yeah. But despite my best efforts, it's 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 over. Yeah, you didn't want it. You didn't hurt her. You didn't want her to see everything that was going on inside your head getting uh, put out on social media. Well, luckily, I've deleted everything. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so you have the the Obama phenomenon, and then and then going into to Ferguson and uh, or, or or Trayvon Martin, and then Ferguson that brought a lot of the older people onto social media. Um, I think there's also probably a dynamic here of just kind of off the cuff. I think the early 2000s was when a lot of the boomers started retiring. So you had a lot of them leave the workforce and then they need something to do to entertain themselves. They pick up social media, they start getting on there. So that series of events there was what pulled the boomers into the online space that previously wasn't really occupied by them. Prior to that point, the people who were primarily shaping the the personality and the character of the internet were Gen X to begin with, because they were the people that invented a lot of it, a lot of the modern internet, and then the millennials. This was the personality of the internet. And then the boomers got on. The boomers got involved. And I think reading the last 10 years or so in the, the way that the culture has shifted and the way social media has led that, through the lens of the boomers getting on social media and bringing their, their collective personality to bear on it. I think that's a really, really fascinating insight. This meme that he has pulled up in this particular, uh, on his green screen may not show it, but I am so close to giving up. I am unhappy. I am in genuine pain. All I do is cry and stay silent. That's a great meme. Yeah. Try to explain that to a boomer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. that doesn't explain why that is funny. Uh-huh. Why is it funny? You just get it or you don't. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I get it. Like I it I get it, but probably it's only because but... probably because it's like true. Mm -hmm. But like taking something that's true like that and kind of like hidden and then like making it really explicit with a bunch of like flashy colors and shit. 
mm-hmm. I don't know. Like saying that ironically is the closest thing that Zoomers will get to being able to like express their actual feelings about things. Right. So that's right. how they do it. Right. Right. Because they're for what for whatever reason they're they're uncomfortable reifying the things because it's I, I'm sure this is some kind of coping mechanism and it's it's like mm-hmm. yeah it's cope like this is where the whole the whole uh, meme of cope came from it came from well, this sort of this, dynamic. Speaking as the resident zoomer. When somebody like even a good friend tries to like talk about something really serious, if they're really sincere and poignant while they do it, it makes me like uncomfortable and suspicious. Mm-hmm. Which is probably just like a defense mechanism or something, but it's like I'm cool talking about really, I don't know, dark shit. But like put a couple layers of irony on there make some dick jokes in between. That's how we, that's how we handle this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all meaningless. And this is, it's like it, the, I think the kind of the latent impulse when people hear that is, cause this is kind of, this is kind of the, the, the boomer crafting of the, the public of the, like the mind that you hear um, is, well, that's not healthy. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't cope with things. You should you should pick a, a better way to do that. Which, yeah, that's true. But also, like, there's this... they don't have anybody. Yeah, what are, like who are you to tell me to pick a better way to express my deepest, most innermost fears? And and and, and not pain? only that, but I mean, like, like you don't have anybody. Zoomers, they don't yes. like they don't have anybody. They're like as far as like friendships and things. This is all really, really the the rates are low. We'll say, right, right. So how how else do they like? What is their like it's like okay, either I write a suicide note or I make this fucking meme, right? And that then I just like throw it out into the void, and maybe it I don't know disappears or something. I don't know what happens to it. That's just this the is, outlet. This is probably getting too serious for a for a Zoomer's tastes. What I'm about to say because it's kind of like like you said when people start getting I'm already really serious, getting uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I've been uncomfortable almost this whole time because it's like I feel like I'm looking at something I shouldn't. Kind of that's kind of like taking taking zoomer art seriously and trying to break it down and understand it is violating the spirit of the art and i have i feel that very distinctly so it's it's awkward and uncomfortable to to try to unpack it yet i can't stop it's very it's very very awkward um but it's kind of like the the zoomer spirit is is like a walking corpse it's like a zombie it's already died and everybody the the circles the little circles that form to laugh around these kinds of jokes are sort of like laugh it's it's like attending they're, they're attending their own funeral they're they they've given up hope on the world around them it's kind of like the 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 world is 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 it's like by the time we showed up to the party the whole thing was a fucking shit show so you know we're just going to sit here and kind of kind of like that's like actually a really good the, analogy like if you've ever had a really good friend friend die and then you and your buddies are kind of standing around their coffin in the ground and you're telling like dick jokes and stuff and oh or, that that's just to kind of like lighten up the atmosphere that's yeah. a really good like analogy for just the whole attitude uh-huh just, this is all sucks everything already died there's nothing left for me uh, we'll just make memes and joke about it i don't know 
And like, if you're standing around that guy and you start making dick jokes and stuff about it, and like, you start making, you start making dick jokes about him. You start degrading him and making fun of him and stuff. (laughs) And everyone joins in. You all start shitting all over the guy who just, who just died and like making fun of him in absentia because this is how you actually demonstrate your, how much you loved him, like how close, how much he meant to you. So in a really weird way, this deep irony is ironic itself. This is mm-hmm. actually this nihilism and this like spitting on the society and, and, and like pissing on its ashes and just laughing, cackling maniacally about it is actually an expression of deep love and fondness and nostalgia for that society. And this, I think, I think that's the, whether the, the future lies in just kind of spinning out and crashing and burning or bottoming out and pulling up into a new kind of the creation of a new age, I think is going to turn on the Zoomer psychology there. To what extent do, does the Zoomer mind collectively remain at that funeral and to what extent do they become self-aware and recognize what's happening and then embrace the meaning inside the non-meaning? Is that, I don't I, have a I lot of abstract. I don't have a whole lot of hope for the zoomers doing that. And may, and that's why I think this is kind of the issue that really determines whether you should be black pilled or white pilled. And I think a lot of people are very black pilled because they don't see the potential of the zoomer generation. But uh, I think yeah, that I've... the Zoomer generation has a ton of potential. The well, like this guy right here epitomizes it to me. Maybe you can see it because you're outside it. Yeah. I don't consider myself black pilled at all, but I don't know. I'm I'm too steep like too deep in this, you know, the, the surreal memes and the, the everything being deep fried and fucking <laughs> cornflake. Cornflake, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like like you pointed out earlier when we were talking about this, that like the guy's in good shape. Like he clearly takes good care of his body. He's, he's got to be lifting regularly. And so he's got energy. He's got motivation. He's got like the, the joie de vivre. He's producing this level of sophistication, both like, uh, like educationally, like his, like psycho- psychologically and then the practical skills required to put something like this together and amass a following of 300,000 people, this is a, an extremely high aptitude person who knows how to generate a ton of value from his skills. So he is simultaneous. You don't do something like this if you're actually nihilistic. Yeah. If you actually have embraced the black pill, if you're actually dive, dive, diving into the deep pit of nut, black nothing, you don't put out this level of investment in something. So within the the war against meaning of the Zoomers is actually a really deep, profound sense of meaning. And I think what we're starting to see kind of burgeoning up is kind of like a, it, it's naturally coming up among left-wing, or not left-wing, but right-wing uh, content creators like this because it's the counterculture. It's the counterculture that's coming along. So this is where the real outlier minds are starting to manifest themselves. So I think there's a lot of, this is my like optimistic pitch, which flies completely in the face of the whole spirit of the thing. 
I understand that. But this is my optimistic pitch that I think the the potential of the Zoomer generation is is phenomenal. And I think that like this guy is a is an indicator why. And also it's really funny because his dick jokes are are fantastic. <laughs> Ready to keep come on, keep going? Yeah, remember you do have to pick up your mother in law from the airport. Oh, I do. That's right. It is. I have to go. Thank you for that. Um time flew by quick. What's that? I said say thank you to Amy. She said something in the chat. Oh yes, there she is. Okay, thank you, my love. Um, she's gonna cringe that I called her that. Um, all right, guys. Well, I guess maybe we'll maybe we'll pick this up and, and go through some more of it, or maybe we'll do something else uh, another time. Hopefully, this stream was uh, was enjoyable. Hope you guys like this. We're looking at doing uh, more of this type of thing uh, upcoming. So I appreciate all of you. Uh, yeah, like, subscribe, do all the Facebook stuff. Um, uh, share the show uh, with a friend if you like it. And then uh, follow me on Twitter at Real King Pilled, on Instagram at Real King Pilled. And then uh, you can follow Cooper on social media, but he doesn't really do anything except lurk. So um, he's at Cooper Brooks on Twitter if you want to go over there. Um, and I think that's it.